Tune in to the hottest sports talk show on Never Had It So Good Sports Radio. Join us weekdays at 7 p.m. Stories about players and coaches of all levels. We make it easy to talk sports. Hey, welcome to Never Had It So Good Sports Talk Radio. We're excited. We got a great week coming up, and we're starting it with recruiting perspective from different coaches that are in the business. And my co-host, Duck Riley, is with me, and also my co-host, Tim Moore. Gentlemen, welcome to the show. Uh, Glad Glad to be with you, Princess. Yeah, Princess, once I get that foot well, I'm I'm going to have to uh, challenge you. K World into twenty twenty four with that with the dance off. <laughs> well, that's what we're gonna do, Tim Moore. Tim Moore, just before pre show, he he accepted the challenge of dance off between the Robot Man and Kevin Walker. How about that, All Tim right. Moore? Yeah, I, I like that. I like that. I, I'll be I'll be one of the judges. <laughs> You'll be one of the judges. But yeah, now he's talking about his card. foot's not feeling good. His foot well, is not feeling good, and it'll well, be okay in 2024. Well, yeah, well, we got to have, have surgery on it, so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I see. I seem to, seem to remember when the Lakers were getting thumped a few years ago, Magic Johnson stopped pulling on his hamstring when they were down, like, two days. Uh, anyway, uh, but that happens. Sometimes that happens. <laughs> and, 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 Tim, I'm sure it was a non-football um, injury. He got out of the chair too quick. <laughs> hey, Tim, I, I, I'm doing that after the surgery. I'm going to add the pop lock into it, into the robot. So. <laughs> Oh, I forgot about that one. <laughs> oh, boy, there's a generation that has no clue what you're talking about. I know, I know. <laughs> All right, let's get started. Welcome in our guests. We have had the foolishness go on for long enough. Let's welcome in Coach Bolin. Coach Bolin, welcome to the show, sir. Thank you for having me. How's everybody doing today? Doing well. Doing really well. Good, welcome, good. welcome, welcome. All right, Coach Gray, welcome to the show. Good evening. How's everybody? Really awesome, awesome. All right, let's see. Coach Bagley, welcome to the show. Hey, how are everybody doing today? Thank you for having me. Good, good. Thank you for being on. And the last one, Coach Wilson, I don't see him in the system just yet. Um, Duck, so we'll, we'll we'll pipe him in as soon as he gets in. And um, rest your nerves, Duck. You got a long way before 2024. We're gonna get started. <laughs> I don't think Coach Deck. Coach Deck is not on even. Deck, Coach Deck. Oh, sorry about that, Coach Deck. Um, Coach Deck, what Deck? Welcome to the show. How are you? Blessings. How are everybody doing? Doing, doing well. Good. Okay. Doing good. All right. Yeah, and, Hey, there Preston, we go. We can't, we, we can't forget Coach Deck, man. Come on now. <laughs> my bad, my bad. Sorry about that, Coach Deck. Okay. And also a shout out, shout out to to my girl Tori, and and a shout out to Coach Jackson who are listening in too. Uh, okay, <laughs> oh, that's it. Oh, uh, she even got me in trouble with my daughter. She probably like, damn, robot and steal. Okay, but anyway, all right. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm going to start off with you, Coach Deck. I, I want to talk about 
kind of like your perspective on this recruiting. What are your thoughts? Uh, my my thing with the with the recruiting lately is the youngsters get beat out by the older by the older kids because they they really don't have a chance if they, unless there's a four or five star type player and, and they got to really you know hit the rector scale and really make some noise out there. That's that's basically my take on that. You know, and, and I, I think they really got to put in the work now more than ever before. You know, because the older youngsters are, are, you know, they're going to the portal and getting very skilled players who they don't have to break into the college world. Okay. Guys, if 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 you're not on, we have to go on mute because we're getting all kind of static in the background. But I'm, I'm going to come to uh, Coach Gray uh, because, Coach Gray, you do a lot of good things. And, and I, I know you went back home and probably talked to some kids. What what is what is some of the big issues that we're we're facing with with this recruiting? Well, like like Coach just said, right now the uh, the portal is kind of delaying what the high school kids can do, depending on what level they're trying to play at. Um, I've talked to a couple of coaches because I had a couple kids uh, with the AAU team or program that I'm affiliated with, I was trying to get them in school and made a couple of calls to some D1 coaches, and they just told me we're, we're done with uh, high school kids for, at this point, uh, which is just getting everybody else out of the portal. So I think they only signed like two high school kids, and they were jumping in the portal to get some more mature kids. Um, the, and just like Coach said, depending on what level they're playing on, if they're not a four or five star recruit, it's going to be hard for them to get on at a D one level. So I've been pushing D two and D three real hard uh, lately, especially for the kids that are kind of undecided. Okay, uh, Coach Bowling, you know, uh, you kind of hear what uh, Coach Deck and Coach Grace said. You know, you have a number of good athletes and stuff. Are you are you running it? to the same situation with your squad? Uh, yeah, I would say it's it's pretty much, you know, on point and exactly what the coaches have said. Um, you know, the four- and five-star guys are are the guys that, that will have the, the better opportunity to get a chance to play SBS, SCS football, um, you know, where, where a lot of schools – are just in that win-now mode, and they're going for the, the guys that are developed in the portal that may have played a year of ball, played two years of ball, to come in and try to have that immediate impact. And then, you know, you get the four and five stars that are going to be freshmen that may have an immediate impact to a program as well. But a lot of teams now aren't, aren't in, in the business of, of developing. Um, you know, you just – that from a lot of schools that just go in the portal and they pick up all different types of guys. Um, and, you know, Colorado just dismantled the roster and kind of brought in guys that they thought would have an immediate impact to help the program. So on my end, I'm seeing it now where, you know, I tell kids to never turn their head away from a school. You know, I may have a guy that's a solid uh, FCS player, but he's still talking to Division three schools as well. 
because you just never know how those chips are going to fall. Um, so with my guys that I have, 24s, 25s, 26s, 27s, always encourage them to keep those relationships open no matter what level the coach uh, is from that's talking to you or recruiting you because, you know, as you see, with the portal and the guys moving, the coaches move the same way. And, uh, you know, a guy may have an opportunity for you somewhere down the line that was a D3 coach. Now he's at a FCS school, so we try to keep those lines, lines of communication open, you know, at all times. Um, currently, right now, my 24 class, I don't, I don't have a bona fide power five guy. So the guys that I have, you know, they're, they're FCS guys. They're still talking to Division three schools, Division two schools, uh, basically just keeping those lines open. Okay, okay. Uh, I'm coming to Coach Bagley. Coach Bagley, you're out there in Kansas, and uh, you're you're are you experiencing the same thing too? And uh, and what how are you handling that? Uh, yes, sir. Out here in uh, Wichita, Kansas, uh, we're experiencing the uh, effects from the portal as well. Um, and like these other coaches said, it, it really makes it hard for those fringe guys. And the school I'm at now, uh, it's been down for a while. This is my third year as the head coach, so uh, I've been rebuilding those relationships uh, with colleges, with recruiters. Uh, so these first couple of years, um, the big schools besides, you know, the KUs and the K-States, the schools that are in town close to us, well, in-state, I should say, uh, they reach out to us the most. Uh, but we really been pushing the JUCOs and the uh, NAIAs and D, uh, D2s and D3s around the area because uh, we want our guys to play. You know, we want them to find an opportunity to play. Um, now, the guys that are uh, four- and five-star guys, uh, we haven't had any come through recently. Uh, but like these other coaches said, those guys are still going to get their opportunity. Um, but it's just those friends, guys. It really makes it hard for them now because of the portal. And like I tell our guys, it only takes one. So uh, we still tell our guys to push their film out, you know, to Division One schools. Uh, we still push out our recruiting um, testing and uh, all of our film and all of our things uh, to the recruiting coaches. And, you know, we still make it available for them. We don't just shut their door. Uh, but we tell them to go to, you know, every camp that they can get to, uh, every visit that they can make, uh, every team camp, um, even the, the Nike camps and the Under Armour camps. Uh, we tell them to hit all of those uh, because the more exposure they can get, um, then the more eyes they can get on them. And one of those schools may take a chance. So uh, we experience it, like I say, but at the same time, we still push those guys to, uh, like I say, try to reach out to schools and um, – Build those relationships with the schools that are interested in you. Okay, okay. I'm I'll come back to Coach Gray. What what suggestions are what are what are you your conversations with some of these parents whose kids might fall into, uh, you know, I'm not into that four or five all them stars type stuff because they can't measure a kid's heart. So, what are you telling these parents about that perspective? you know, as far as, you know, the kid is concerned with these schools? Well, my my approach is, has always been with me is I, I try not to sugarcoat anything. Um, and I want them to have realistic goals. Because we've got a lot of kids that say they want to play D1 or feel like they can, but they don't have that work ethic. And after that first semester, they're back home anyway. So, 
you know, first to have realistic goals and and expectations of what the kids can do, and then uh, you know, not not to forget the you know the lower level D ones or um, you know high level D twos. There's a lot of good D twos out here. There's a lot of low level or mid majors that take these kids, but a lot of these parents are stuck on power five schools, and then the kids either don't get the offers that they want and miss out on on ones that have been offered. Then they try to double back, and it's too late. So, you know, my main thing is, like Coach said, keep all the doors open and have realistic goals. And I tell my kids, well, when we get in the gym, we're not holding each other's hands. We're not holding the teammates' hands. Everybody's competing for the same scholarship. So if you want one, you got to work your tail off. To, to get one, and the parents understand my approach when they get in there. They know I don't, I'm not going to sugarcoat it because nothing will sugarcoat it for me. So I'm just, uh, I'm just of that type of cloth. And, you know, that's what you're going to get with me. Okay, uh, Coach Bagley, back to you. Uh, what, what are, what are you telling your parents? Because, and I don't know if you and Coach Bowling and. Uh, those deck experiences right now because everybody seems like they want to go power five, but they ain't always power five, you know, have that power five ability. So what are you talking to the parents about, Coach Bagley? Uh, similar to uh, what the previous coach uh, just said, I, I missed his name. I'm sorry about that, Coach. Uh, but I, I tell my parents the same thing, man. You you got to be ready for that grind uh, at the next level. Uh you know, they look at, you know, the games and the highlights and, you know, NIL deals and all of those things, but they don't understand those kids work for that. You know, those kids are being consistent. They put the work in, and they earn that scholarship. So you want your kid to go to Alabama or go to Kansas or K-State, but they missing summer workouts, you know. They've been here one or uh, two days during the week, and we got four workout days, you know, or, the, or they done missed uh, the two team camps that we had. So, I just tell them the same thing as far as being realistic with their expectations. Um, but, you know, the, the kids just got to understand that it, it's a grind. And uh, when they get to the next level, they, they got to understand that, yeah, you you still a student athlete. So along with waking up at 530 a.m., along with having your uh, football schedule, now you got a whole class schedule that you got to adhere to. So, um, and you got to go to treatment. And you got to go to film. And you got to know the playbook that just has increased about 20 to 30 plays, you know, uh, maybe even more than that. So um, they got to be ready for that grind, and that's what I let them know. Okay. Uh, Coach Bowling, uh, same thing. You know, uh, what, what what are you talking to your parents about? Because we, we know that when it, comes to, when it comes to those scholarships and getting kids placed, they they come to see you. Yeah, like like the coaches have always said. Right now, you you got to keep everything as crystal clear as possible. Um, you know, with 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 what level kids fit into and how they uh, you know they they develop as well. Um, you know, everybody is big into that seven on seven stuff now, where you know kids pay money, but then they actually get to you know, travel and play at a college and maybe do a tour or something like that there. Um, and they, they put a jersey on 
And then, you know, the parents take pictures and then they end up thinking, <laughs> oh, yeah, well, you know, my kid, my kid is getting recruited by, by North Carolina. You know, and the kid is 5'7", you know, 140 pounds. But, you know, he really he was just there for a tournament. And, and you know, the coach may have done the 7-on-7 uh, seven seven coach a favor, but that's not all reality, you know. And I think a lot of people try to run away with that. So, uh, like the coaches have been saying, things crystal clear and knowing, you know, you, you got to get in where you fit in and, and matching your level of competition and work ethic because, um, like, like the coach had said before, that spoke before me, um, if you're not competing, you're not present and, and accountable in high school, how, how are you going to do that when that's your job at the next level? You know, some people think it's just, it's just easy um, because they, they only see the Saturdays or the Friday nights when they're playing on ESPN. Um, but there's just so much work that, that's put into it. Okay. Okay. Uh, I'm glad you brought that up, Coach Bowling, you know, because a lot of, there's a lot of confusion with that, you know, going to the school, wearing that jersey, taking pitch out, posing, all that kind of stuff. So I want to jump to Coach Deck and uh, talk to a little bit about that, Coach Deck. You know, you're talking to the parents. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I come straight forward with the youngsters I deal with and, and the parents. And, and like I let them know, and for example, you know, I had uh, Lamar Sperling, uh, Ohio, Mr. Football. You know, we had Ohio State, Kentucky. But Buffalo rode with him all the way through. So he finally realized from what me and mom and uh, the family was talking to him about, about loyalty. And Buffalo was loyalty from the beginning. So he committed to Buffalo over Ohio State and Kentucky, which I think that was great. It fits him, you know, so now he's got a number. He can go in there and, and possibly have a chance to start right away. You know, and some of these parents get caught up in the hype, you know, D1, uh, you know, and like the other uh, coaches in on, on the line, it's like, you know, you got to humble yourself. You know, you got to have some humble pride, and you got to make sure that these parents are telling their kids, you know, the right things, and we coaches, we know the right things, and we know what to say, and, and you know, we know what to do to get the kids to the next level, and, but it's the parents who try to live through these kids. Okay, uh, and, and just for the listeners out there, and this is my fault, I should have had you guys kind of introduce yourself and tell what, what state you're representing. So I'm going to come back to you, Coach Jack. I want you to do that, and also I want you to tell me some of the questions that you are receiving from maybe even the players or even the parents about you know what type of you know what 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 should they ask when they go on these uh, visits? Uh, one of the main things where you where you at on your board? That's that's the number one thing. You know, I'm, am I your first priority? You know, and then one of the things also explain to the parents you got to look at you know do they have juniors? How many junior running backs or how many? far as position-wise, how many people they have coming back? Do they have starters coming back now, starters? You know, or do they got JUCOs or someone, uh, you know, transferring in? You know, sometimes the parents doesn't realize the recruiting process and, and because they think their kid, because their kid is building their state, but they don't realize that it's plenty of your kids across the country. Okay. Uh, and introduce yourself again, like I said in the beginning, Coach. 
speak. Oh, I'm sorry. I apologize. Um, my name is Stuart Rob Beck. I'm out of Akron, Ohio. OH. Okay. Uh, Coach Bowling, I want to come to you with the, with the same question. Introduce yourself. Tell them what state you're representing and, you know, what type of what type of questions uh, are the parents asking you? What should they ask? You know that type of deal. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so my name is Lionel Bolin. I am the uh, head football coach at Eastern Regional High School in Voorhees, New Jersey. Uh, we're about 20 minutes outside of Philadelphia. Um, most of the questions, you know, that that I receive from parents are, uh, you know, about where do they see my kid projecting to play um, initially when they come to high school. And, you know, that's obviously easy. We we try to give kids two positions, one on offense, one on defense. But, um, you know, once the later stages start coming, I also try to be proactive about the whole recruiting thing and, uh, you know, the the actual realities of it. And I'll try to have a, um, you know, a guest speaker come in locally, whether it's the former college coach that worked in, in recruiting or a position coach or somebody like that and, uh, you know, actually give them the details of, of what it's like to be recruited and what they're actually looking for. So sometimes, you know, just having it come from somebody else that's been in the business, uh, you know, backing up me and what I'm saying, um, it kind of gives them a reality of, well, damn, well, maybe my kid can't play at Michigan. Maybe he can't play at Notre Dame. So I, I, maybe I have to start looking at some other options and other programs to look at the play. Um, so I guess kind of being proactive with the whole recruiting thing with the parents has kind of helped me out a lot and put me in a situation where, you know, I don't really have the parents that are saying, well, why doesn't my kid have a, an offer for Rutgers? Because they kind of know, you know, <laughs> the, the kid doesn't doesn't meet the eye test and, may not have the grades or anything like that. So um, I just think being proactive kind of helps out and and I want to say maybe limits the questions that you get as far as, like, why my kid's not, not getting recruited by XYZ school. Okay. Uh, Coach Gray, uh, introduce yourself, what state you're from, and, and what type of questions are you getting from each parent? Um, Jake, uh Sorry, uh, Jay Gray. Um, I'm currently in Charlotte, North Carolina, by way of Field, Virginia, slash Springfield, West Virginia. And w- with me, mine's a little different because I'm uh, I'm doing basketball. So mine is more or less what what position do you see my son playing? Um, with the way the game is now, it's kind of position with basketball one one through four. Uh, you know, we got. Six, eight, six, nine kids out here playing the, the three, you know, that they can handle. So it's more, it's more or less what what position um, do you see my kid playing? And it just depends on uh, the level, you know what I'm saying? At, at, at the D2 level, point guards now are even six two, six three. So, you know, um, it's, 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 it's a lot of that. Uh, and, you know, my response is, you know, where does he feel comfortable, feel the most comfortable? Um, and then look at schools that, you know, like Coach said, where is he at on this board? Because they've only got 15 on the roster, and and they're only going to dress, they may be only dressed 12. So, uh, 
Are they gonna are they gonna have three point guards? Are they gonna have two combo guards or whatever? So, you know, we we try to address that uh from the jump and then I just try to put them in positions where they're comfortable on the floor and then put them against some guys, some higher level guys that are at those positions they think that they can play. Okay, uh Coach Bagley. Uh, yes, uh, Marcus Bagley. Uh, I'm currently in Wichita, Kansas, uh, the head coach for Wichita Southeast High School. Uh, and for me, uh, the, the, some of the questions I've gotten, uh, so like I said earlier, we I am at a school where uh, we're rebuilding. This is my third year uh, as head coach. Um, and uh, I, I receive a lot of questions about, like, how can I get my uh, kid recruited and how can I get them exposure or you know, how can I get them on teams' radar? And like I said earlier, I, first I'll be honest with them about their worth ethic and expectations of uh, what they have for their kids and what they need to have um, for the goals uh, that they set. Uh, but then I also uh, tell them, uh, like, when they do start contacting coaches and talking to coaches, they need to ask them, you know, like, um, when do they see them playing or when do they see them getting on the field? Um you know, uh, also uh, the, the loyalty factor, like who's been reaching out to them the most, uh, who's been building their relationship and actively recruiting them, because those are the guys that they need to ask those questions to. And then also, uh, you know, their area of study. Well, what are they interested in in the classroom? Because some schools don't offer all of the, the majors or they don't offer, you know, your field of study that you're interested in. And at the end of the day, you're going to have to go get that degree. So you don't want to go to a school where you don't like your classes or you don't like the school environment. So make sure you ask those questions about those classes. Make sure you go to campus and visit. Uh, you don't want to commit anywhere you haven't visited or you haven't been. Uh, so you want to go there, you want to get on campus, and you want to ask those questions about the campus so you're comfortable. Okay. Uh, uh, guys, we, we have Coach Jupiter in. Uh, Coach Jupiter, just introduce yourself, tell what state you're repping, and uh, – then we, we want to follow up on some of the questions we already asked and have you answer them. Uh, yes, yeah. Jupiter. Yeah, my name is uh, Jupiter Wilson. I'm the uh, head football coach at uh, Hickory Ridge High School, Harrisburg, North Carolina, which is about five minutes outside of Charlotte. Okay, Coach, the first question we kind of uh, was asking about how is the recruiting going and, and any issues with, with the recruiting? Um, I, from my standpoint, no real, real issues with recruiting. On my end, you definitely um, going to see the haves and have-nots, whether it be teams, players, um, that type of deal. You know, you always try to tell them what college coaches from a player standpoint are going to look for, size, uh, athletic ability, uh, and then be grades and then character. So, you know, you want to get your first foot in the door, they're going to look at your size. Uh, you want to have something that stands out, and they're going to look at, uh, athletic ability, and they're going to talk about your grades, and then they're going to last ask about the character of the young man. So if those four things line up, uh, and it's really standing out, you probably got a power five guy that kind of goes down from there. Okay, what? I, because you do more than one sport, what about basketball and then track? <laughs> yeah, um, it's crazy. I'm the head girls basketball coach and the head track coach. I would say from a girls basketball perspective, it's really just from a standpoint of the connections that 
your AAU coach has. I just got finished watching three or four of my girls play AAU game, and while they were playing, I mean, I would look down at the bottom of the bench and uh, underneath the court, and there's probably about 15 to 20 scouts, all from D2, D3, D1, not Power 5. Actually, there's a couple group of fives in there because of Charlotte and a couple of other ones. And that is really just going to be based on, in my opinion, can you play in all those different things? But secondly, who your AAU coach is or the organization that they play and the terms that they play to get exposure. So I've tried to align myself, my AAU coach, or the guy that most of my girls play for, his daughter plays for me, and my assistant coach. Um, he's connected to the AAU team. Um, they practice at our facility, all that type of stuff. So that relationship from that standpoint has worked pretty well. Okay, what about track and field for? Track and field is probably the hardest one uh, usually, but I would say it's the easiest one, the hardest one, because college coaches aren't really going to clamor at your door, really what they're going to look at, and it makes it easy. This is going to look at your time. So if a kid is running 10-7, 10-8, or 10-5, 10-6, it's going to put him uh, in a bracket of schools. Uh, From that standpoint, I would get a call from a coach because he's going to go to NC Miles Split and say, hey, I see you had a kid that ran such and such. Um, what type of kid is he, that type of deal. And then the last thing that you'll see of that is from a high school standpoint, uh, if you have a kid that performs well at a state meet. So a lot of track coaches will go to A&T uh, for our state meet, and I've had a couple kids get offers based on times they ran at the state meet because I think they're looking at it from the standpoint that kid has done very well in a high-pressure environment. And then the same thing with girls' basketball or just basketball in general. Most of those really good ones, they run track in the summertime, um, and they get to kind of solidify or validate what they do on running summer track. But most of those calls really just come from them going on a website and seeing the kids' time, and then they're going to call me and ask me about grades and things of that nature. Yeah, and, Coach, you brought up an interesting point, uh, hard but easy because uh, – a lot of people don't know, uh, and you probably can expound on it, that a lot of times you can look up and they have listed most of the colleges exactly these are the times that you need to meet to either be considered. Yeah. yeah, and that's probably, like I said, the easiest part as it relates to track. If a kid says he wants to go to Carolina, uh, I you know, I'll know the Carolina coach, but uh, he or she will say, hey, here's the times, and this is what we'll give a scholarship for, this is what we'll give a partial for, this is what we'll give, you know, kind of books. And if you fall in those ranges, then they'll look at grades and everything else. Then they'll talk about trying to create a package for you. Okay. What are some of the uh, the questions that uh, most of the parents come to you with? Uh, for all um, three most sports? of the time, <laughs> they pretty much just come to me asking for guidance. Uh, what camp should they do? What should they be doing after the freshman year? What should they be doing after the sophomore year? Uh, what I will say, if your kid is talented, um, and technically if they're not or maybe not as talented as the next, the best thing they can do for their kid is just uh, exposing them. I had a freshman quarterback get a couple offers uh, as a rising freshman, and it pretty much came from he had a lot of hype based on what a uh, parent dad had done for him social media-wise leading up until this point to where that when he did start doing what he does, which he was talented enough, uh, it was hard to kind of deny that talent because everybody saw it every week. So when he goes to a camp or when he goes to uh, a facility to train or whatever the case may be, he's kind of, he's already got uh, some, some fire, some spice coming behind him. And I think uh, 
for most kids, they got to really start understanding that the Twitter world and the Instagram or whatever the case may be uh, kind of create that hype. I watched um, some YouTube videos this weekend. I saw um, the hype video that they did for Seventh Woods, the basketball player, and even though he didn't live up to what that hype was when he went to school, it was the number one watch mixtape, and it was two minutes. And from that mixtape, because he was dunking on cats and all that good stuff, uh, he was rated the number one player in the country. So I think, you know, parents, if their kid is talented enough or someone in their frame, they got uh, to use that to their advantage. Okay. Uh, Tim. Yeah, I'm really enjoying this conversation, and I'm thinking uh, a million things. Um, we um, talk primarily about how you advise parents uh, in this whole process of being recruited. Um, but uh, Coach Deck uh, and, and uh, I think Coach Wilson mentioned, and, and maybe even maybe Coach Gray as well, um, that some of you all coach multiple sports. And even if you don't coach multiple sports, sports um, you've got kids that play multiple sports at your school. How do you approach as a coach the specter of a kid that is uh, a star in more than one sport in terms of advising him and his parents which sport he may want to pursue at the next level? Uh, let's start with Coach, uh, Coach Bolton. Yes, Coach Bolton. Sorry, you you were cutting in and out on here. Sorry, I was running around and just got home. Okay, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying to. I'm trying to get to the question of how you how do you advise both the parents and a player who excels in more than one sport as to which he should pursue how, uh, at the next level. How do you, how do you uh, approach that situation? Well, you know, I, I never want to steer them for my own personal preference you know, to what they'd want to pursue. Um, always put that ball in their court. And, um, you know, I, and you know what it would probably come down to is the, the money situation. You know, how is, are they getting more money? Are they getting a full scholarship for football and then a partial for track? You know, those things all come into factors when, when a family is making that decision. Um, and it's been my, my philosophy ever since I've gotten into coaching, um, that the parent and the kid always do as much research as they can as possible in, uh, you know, whatever school is recruiting them. Because um, at the end of the day, you never want to have a kid that made a decision based off their coach, their coach's preference, because if something doesn't work out on that other end, now you got a kid that's disgruntled, a family that might be disgruntled, and they're saying, well, you know, Coach Bowen's the one that told me to go to Notre Dame. I really wanted to go to Ohio State. And – that I guess that kind of gives you that, that bad press. So, you know, at the end of the day, I'm always putting that ball in the family's court to make a decision because that decision is going to affect the rest of their life. And, um, you know, I would never, never want to say I'm biased and I want you to go here. I will definitely consult you and, you know, give you the positives and the negatives of everything. But at the end of the day, I'm never going to say this is where you need to go. This is what you need to do. Okay, Coach Bagley, uh, how do you approach dealing with a multiple sport uh, athlete uh, who's good in both sports, uh, maybe a little better in in, uh, one than the other? How do you approach advising the parents and the kid uh, as to uh, how to deal with making that choice? 
Uh, uh, for me, uh, it's, it's actually simple. Uh, I tell our guys, man, I want you to play multiple sports, uh, like especially our linemen. I want you to wrestle during wrestling season. Uh, you know, our receivers that, that are athletes that are pretty tall, I want you to play basketball because that's going to help you bend. That's going to help you, uh, you know, with your footwork and things like that. So I am interested in doing that. Uh, like the previous coach said, I won't I won't ever steer them uh, in a, a certain direction, one or the other. Uh, but I encourage them to play multiple sports. And a lot of colleges actually look for those multiple sport athletes. Uh, they want their guys to run track. You know, they want – their DBs and receivers to to do long jump, do high jump, and things of those nature. Because uh, what one sport doesn't teach you, another sport can, and I believe that. So uh, I encourage our guys to play multiple sports, and uh, it, it, it'll uh, weed itself out. You know, it'll correct itself. You know, when they get in that junior and senior year, you know, they see that they're not getting as much playing time in basketball. I mean, we may have lost Coach Backlund. Yeah, I don't know Coach Backlund know that he's going in and out on us. Uh, I, I think I, I accidentally pressed mute on my phone. My bad. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry about that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but, uh, uh, man, well, where I left off at, Coach, my bad. <laughs> well, but, but, uh, well, basically, in a nutshell, like I was saying, I, I encourage our guys to play multiple sports because – I feel like it just helped him uh, overall develop as an athlete. Okay, Coach uh, Coach Wilson, uh, same question. Uh, how how do you uh, approach a situation where you've got a kid that excels in more than one sport, uh, possibly being recruited uh, by coaches uh, in both sports? Uh, how do you how do you approach dealing with the uh, the the counsel to the parents and to the kid uh, as they get ready to make a decision about the next level? So from my standpoint, uh, I got a, one of my kids. He's a really, really good baseball player, and he's our quarterback. So kind of deal with that in a nutshell. You know, as a coach, you want a kid to play multiple sports. And I think it's good that they hear somebody else's voice. Um, they're not doing the same things as it relates to their body. But at the end of the day, uh, they got to do what they love. Uh, the kid I'm talking about, he's about six four, six five, twenty 20 pounds. And he can definitely play quarterback at the next level. But – he told me that because I want to play baseball at the next level, he's committed to play uh, D1 baseball. So I think it's, um, you know, a half deal where you try to tell the kid, hey, you got to go where uh, they're showing you the most love. But uh, half of it is at the end of the day, uh, this young man, or sometimes for me, coach, uh, both sports, girls, basketball, and the track, uh, young lady, hey, you got to do what's best for you um, in terms of sport that you love. Because I got some girls that are probably very um, – and guys that are very good at track, but they rather play football or play basketball. So they got to bounce that out and, you know, try to tell the parents as honest as it can be, hey, you may get more money than this, but at the end of the day, you're not doing what you want or what you love. Uh, you're the one that's got to live with it at 24, 25, uh, whatever this endeavor you decide to do. Mm-hmm. Coach Gray, I know you were uh, one of those two two sports athletes, a prolific quarterback in football and a tremendous basketball player when you were coming out. Uh, I, I won't ask you how you were advised because I played for the same football coach you did, and I, I, I know what he said. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but when you were advising kids as a coach uh, that are two, two sports athletes, uh, uh, how do you approach that in terms of, uh, of counseling not only the parents but the player uh, as they get ready to, to make a decision on the next level? 
sometimes I, 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 I use myself as an example. Um, and, you know, we did play for the same coach, but it was easy. It was it was it was an easier decision for me because I was a six six two one hundred and sixty pound wishbone quarterback. So um, I didn't want to take I didn't want to take those licks anymore. So that, you know <laughs> that, you know that kind of made my decision for me. But um, but with the kids, I just tell them man, do do what's in your heart. Um, another another thing that weighed heavy on my decision was forward to send me somewhere. Um, so finances, finances played a major part in it. You know, you got to look at who's going to offer you the most money. And then just being a competitor. Like, I wanted to play. So I didn't, I didn't want to sit on the sidelines and clap for a year or two. So, right. you know, I, 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 I want to play. So I tell the kids, go where you're going to play, where you're going to play early, um, and, and who's going to give you the most money and just where you're going to be happy. Are you, are your family? Is your family going to be able to come and see you? Um, are you going to be seven, eight hours away when you got to catch a flight? You know, all of this is going, is going to weigh heavy on you. And you don't want to be jumping nowadays. You don't want to be jumping in this transfer portal and be at two or three, four different colleges, you know what I'm saying, and still end up not getting a degree. So the end goal is to, is to, get, the, is to, to get the degree anyway. So find a school that has has the majors that, that you're interested in, and then sit down with your parents and, and guidance counselor and coaches and, and work it out. Coach Deck, you you come from a city where uh, there was a a, a little known uh, basketball player uh, who uh, who was also an all state wide receiver in football for his first two years. <laughs> uh, so you get <laughs> I'm talking about LeBron James. Um, yes, so you, you're familiar with a lot of these kind of guys who who, who are two sport athletes up in the Akron, Ohio area. I lived in Cleveland for about ten years, by the way. But um, I know that your state is football is king. Everybody grows up wanting to play for Ohio State. But let's say you've got a kid who's a two sport athlete who you have a sense is a little bit better in track, a little bit better in basketball than in football. And he's always dreamed of playing for Ohio State football. How do you approach counseling their parents and the kid as they make the decision uh, as to what they're going to do at the next level? Oh, good question. <laughs> Man, I, I get, you get that a lot up here, especially in my area. Well, in our area, you know. Yeah. And uh, it, it's, it's tough, you know. And what do you tell a kid when he's just selling their book? both sports, but again, it goes back to what fits him, you know, and, and, and sometimes the parents want to intervene, but like I tell the parents, it's about your kid and not you. They the one that got to go up there <laughs> and put the work on, right. not you, right. you know, not right. for Charlie or none of those guys, but, uh, but yeah, it was tough, and just like, you know, LeBron, I had the honor of uh, mentoring and coaching Bron, and uh, Bron was just special. He was just special. He, he could have went either way, you yeah. know, and and it, it, it's 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 a lot of players like that today. You know, like you know, you can go to Glenville. Glenville's loaded with 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 young right. men's like who got to make that decision. So Coach Dan, man, it, you know, it's like every year for him. But you know, those guys go track or football or basketball. You know, so but this this area is tough, and it's a tough it's a tough thing for these kids. But again, you got to go what's best for you and what fits you. 
Mm-hmm. Let me go back to Coach Bolden. Um, my next question is, uh, you know, you're going into a season and you've got a couple of kids that are head and shoulders the stars of your team. And these kids have played together since they were young. Uh, you're expecting to have a pretty good ball club this year. Uh, but these kids have also grown up in an era where they watch college ball players, uh, you know, uh, skipping bowl games to prepare for their opportunity to play in the pros. And mm-hmm. this is who they see as role models doing this very regularly. Uh, how do you keep the cohesiveness of your team together to succeed in the season that you're in? Um in terms of the environment in which they grow up in. Yeah, I mean it's it's definitely a an obstacle, you know, seeing some of the things that uh these guys that have gotten there to that level and on to the next level do. But, you know, the high school kids try to compare themselves to and want to emulate. But right. um with me trying to build the culture and keep the culture where it's at, we nip that in the bud early. Um everybody is on an equal playing field. We don't have superstar on our team. Um, you know, the seniors are held accountable. You know, the guys that are returning starters just as, you know, the freshmen are. There's no there's no hierarchy or tier or um I guess level of I'm here, I made it, I've arrived for any of our kids. Um all we do is ask them to grind. And, you know, with our team right now, we have a lot of young returning starters. I think we lettered 18 sophomores last year. So these guys, they know what it they 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 know what it's like to play varsity ball on Friday nights, but they also know that they have to grind to get better and be better every day. So, you know, we're seeing things that that guys there do in the college level in the NFL. Um, we definitely nip that in the bud and let the kids know that they haven't made it yet, and you got to keep working. You know, no matter what any of these other guys are doing, you got to control what you're doing right now for this team and, uh, you know, try to make it bigger than just the individual aspect and, uh, you know, always make them accountable, not just for themselves, but for what they're they're inputting in with the rest of the 120 guys that we got in the program. Mm-hmm. Coach Bagley, same question. Uh, how, do you, how do you keep your stars – uh, cohesive with the rest of the team and an environment that they've grown up in where they see stars opting out in order to protect themselves. Uh, how do you keep them focused on the season at hand and keep them cohesive with the rest of the team uh, as opposed to just acting like a, quote, star? All right, well, uh, like kind of what Coach just mentioned, though, we hold all our guys to the same standard, and that's the pillars of our program. And you know, we let all those, all those guys know day one. If you are, um, you know, checking off all the pillars of our program, then there should be no reason why you're not on the field. So they so they all know that going in. And then we try to create an environment um, that the kids want to be around. You know, they want to be around the coaches. They want to be around their teammates. So we kind of, you know, make sure that we build those relationships and we create opportunities to build those relationships. Like, we do a lot of stuff off the field. I'm probably uh, one of the few coaches within the city of Wichita uh, like I make it a point for us to do at least two community service events, uh, both in the spring and in the fall. Uh, I make sure that we, you know, do team bonding events in the summer. Uh, so that'll take away, you know, from guys wanting to opt out or not wanting to finish the season. 
because uh, they think they'll let their teammates down. You know, uh, they think they'll let their coaches down. So, you know, we kind of make sure that we create that environment so they can finish the season and uh, finish with us as a team. Coach Gray, uh, we both come from a culture where we've watched uh, particularly one ball player uh, who was head and shoulders above everybody else on his team coming out of high school, uh, and yet he was the hardest working ball player on their team. In fact, his coaches told me they used to have to take shoulder pads off of him uh, during practice on uh, on uh, birthday because he would be out there wanting to tackle and hit people. I'm talking about Ahmad Bradshaw, who was two-time Super Bowl champion. Uh, but you're in Charlotte now where you're dealing with a different generation of kids who have uh, seen as their role models guys who tend to uh, check out, you know, uh, because they're afraid of being hurt or, or not wanting to uh, uh, take a chance on not being able to play at the next level. How do you keep the cohesiveness uh, with the team that they're on right now and keep them focused on the goal? Well, it's, it's sometimes it can be difficult, but like if, if you address it from the beginning, then, you know, they know what to expect. Um, I've, I've used I've used Maud as an example a few times, and he's actually come and walked out with my kids, football kids and basketball kids, when I was coaching football. And I explained to them that you know, like just like you said, coach, they used to have to take his shoulder pad because that's how hard he went. Uh, yeah, and he he's probably the most competitive person I've ever been around. Um, he was just down here the other day. He was just down here on Saturday, Friday and Saturday with me. So, uh, you know, we still talk the same way, but that's just instilled in us. So I think I think that's what makes me try to instill it in these kids. Even though it's a new generation, they can't be afraid of hard work uh, and want them to go out there and bust their tails every time. Because, I, I, you know, my kids know. I'll send you home. <laughs> if, the parents, if the parents are already sitting outside, you can go ahead and get it and go ahead. They have, Cause I have closed practices <laughs> for, um, AAU, for AAU middle school, high school practices are closed. So <laughs> they already know Coach Gray's go put us out if we're not in here working. Cause I volunteer. I volunteer mm-hmm. at, at at Barry. Um, uh-huh. I volunteer with you know with, with travel ball with Team United and 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 TSF. So my kids know when we get in this gym, it's work or he's gonna kick us out and it's it's. Wayne Carefuls would kick all of us out. So they they know they know how to they know how to they know how to approach it with me. Um, I got some backlash the first time I did it because I I forgot where I was at and I was at a middle school and they of course they didn't have they didn't have, they didn't have rides home. So I just made them I made them sit in the lobby until the parents came and I went in there and practiced with the girls. I had the girls coach. I'm like, we're not working, we're going home. So they already know if you're in there with me, we're going to work. Because that's just what was instilled in us from Coach Carlisle. So, you know, I don't know mm-hmm. anything different. Okay. Coach Wilson, how do you, how do you deal with <laughs> a situation where you've got a star uh, and they've grown up in this environment where they see other guys sort of like check out? Uh, how do you keep them cohesive and focused on the season at hand? I'll be honest. I've, I've dealt with uh, both uh, where a kid probably in my mind because he was ready to go. Um in his mind decided to check down. But what you try to do is hold those same kids accountable, let them know uh, the same rules apply, and just uh, put it in their mindset and put in their, their deal that they got to understand that at the end of the day, uh, they only get 
one chance to enjoy a high school career and everything that they do um, here out, they won't be able to get a chance to do when they get to the next level because everybody's just good. And a lot of times when they get to that level, they just don't realize that uh, there's a lot of different things that go on as it relates to college football or college basketball, wherever the case may be. Um, but it's pretty much just holding that young man uh, to the same standard that you would hold everybody else. And if you do that, uh, you may have some issues, but most likely you don't. Coach Deck, same question. It's always accountability. Uh, you know, I hold I, I hold them to a higher standard than, than you know than another kid. You know, for instance, I, I I sat one kid down, and, you know, and played another kid, and and you know just to give them, again give them a humble pie. You know, you, you got to humble yourself because you 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 one play away from not from not being that kid. By getting hurt or whatever, you got to take everything serious, like life. Coach Riley. And Coach Jack, we want to make sure you ain't set LeBron down, did you? <laughs> All the time. <laughs> All right. All right, real quick. Look, last question for you guys. And I want to go back to Jay. Because uh, Coach Jupiter brought up something very interesting as far as uh, AAU coaches uh, opening up the gym to them and having that relationship over the over the years that you've been coaching this stuff. Have you had any issues with the high school coach or anything of that nature? Because I know coming from New Jersey, and I'm sure Lionel knows this too, that a lot of times AAU coaches – and the high school coach kind of bump heads. Um, I have not had, you know, directly had any issues with it. Uh, I know the biggest issue here in Charlotte is AAU, these, these circuits have gotten so big with Under Armour, Nike, and Adidas that sometimes, uh, a kid may want to go to a high school and play with some of his AAU teammates. So that's that's I think that's the part where some of the high school coaches get agitated because they'll lose they'll lose a kid they'll lose a stud. Um, we we over at Barry we lost we lost two or three in one season, um, you know. But it's just you know again next next man up mentality. They're doing what you what can you do. Uh, but I think that's the, that's about probably the most major thing that I've come across is kids leaving and transferring to another school to play with an AAU teammate. Uh, and here in the city, we got what coach twenty twenty public schools in the city, and that's not even considering including Hickory Ridge, which is in Cabarrus County. Um, you know, so it's it's probably. 35, 40 high schools right here, not including the, the private schools and the charter schools. So it's a lot of schools for these kids to choose from. But, you know, AAU coaches a lot of times will try to build relationships with one, they need a place to practice. So they gotta have, they got to build those relationships so they can have a, a, a facility. And then, two, they try to get them with somebody, a good coach, that may have relationships with college coaches that, that they may not have relationships with. So, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a good and a bad to it. 
But like I said, the bad thing is probably the kids just transferring um, to go play with somebody else. Okay, I want I want to come to uh, Coach Jupiter and, and kind of expand on your relationship a little bit with the AAU coach, but I also want to talk to the guys about football, the seven on seven, because a lot of people are experiencing what uh, Coach Gray just said that most of them guys play seven on seven quarterback and receiver. They end up developing that relationship, and that's thing you know that receiver or that quarterback goes to that school. So can you talk a little bit about that, uh, Coach Jupiter? Uh, yeah, from my standpoint, from uh, the AAU situation, um, it's definitely worked out in my favor. I never really had an issue uh, from that. So it's always been a positive deal because of the relationship I had with the kid and their parent as they were just a high school Deal. And I think it's very important from college basketball to have some type of relationship or have assistance or somebody that has a connection to the AAU team because I would say half of the time those kids are going to probably end up playing on that coaches. If he coaches or she coaches high school ball, they're going to end up with that. From a 707 standpoint, uh, I think it's not as prevalent it's only because the recruiting aspect of it still is about 75 to 80% high school. So you're going to see uh, definitely a lot of times where those coaches are getting those kids to play for them. But for the most part, uh, I have a lot of my kids play for two or three different organizations, and I really haven't had a situation where a kid will go play for a coach, even though I know it happens um, from a high school deal. And most of those AAU, I mean, most of the high school seven-on-seven coaches are coaching at a high school, so – um, you know them anyways, but because the high school recruit standpoint always, I'm going to say it should, but 75 or 80 percent of the time is going to come from the high school coach. I haven't seen it be an issue um, as it relates to recruiting. And from the quarterback receiver standpoint, I think it's great for that those guys that have that um, camaraderie getting out there and throwing, and you know, hopefully when those, the season gets there, it transfers over uh, just from a timing standpoint. Okay. Uh Coach Bowling, the same question, 7-on-7, uh, uh, kids moving on to another school after playing 7-on-7. Your thoughts on that? Guys, if, guys, if you're not on, you got to go on mute. If you're not on, go to mute, please. All right, Coach Bowling. All right, maybe Coach Bowling is on mute. All right, Coach uh, Coach Deck. Yes, sir. Yeah, same question. Talking about oh, you know, seven on seven. Oh man, I, I really don't like seven on seven because it 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 it, it just. You just got a bunch of kids out there running around showcasing and not it's not really showing their skills. You know, I'd rather see proper technique. It's it's good when it comes to quarterback timing and stuff like that, but when you got uh guys out front, you know, with pads on putting the pressure on the quarterback, that's that it, it really helps his timing more better. But I think it's a it's it's a waste, you know, going into the season. I know like here we we really try not to focus on doing seven on seven most of the time, 
you know, we probably have one or two. Then after that, we we probably done. Okay, uh, Coach Bagley, seven oh seven. Have you seen where other kids have left one program and went to another just because of relationship they have developed with the seven oh seven, almost like the AAU that uh, Coach Jupiter and we were talking about, and uh, Coach uh, Gray. Um, so I haven't seen that affect us uh, that much, but I have seen it uh, at other programs uh, get affected. Uh, but I first want to touch on the AAU thing. So AAU, man, that 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 AAU basketball is year round, and I just, I just try to tell our kids if y'all playing AAU basketball, that's fine. But in the summer, I need y'all to show up to practice. Like I need <laughs> y'all here at workouts. I need y'all here at conditioning. I need y'all in the weight room. I understand you want to travel and you want to do that, but football season is around the corner. So those that are serious about football, I mean, during the summer, I'm going to need you to be on the football field, you know, and not just in the gym. And, I mean, the good thing about it is they do stay in shape. So I do like that aspect of it. But, like I say, I, I, I need those guys in the weight room getting stronger and getting ready to, uh, you know, put these pads on. But as far as the 707, uh, I try to keep our guys together. Uh, the bad thing about Kansas is uh, during springtime, we don't have spring ball, and we can't really do 707. So our kids are playing with other teams and other leagues, uh, but they're not ran by the high school coaches. So um, we haven't experienced that a lot as far as a kid linking up with another kid to get them to transfer. But to uh, to combat that, I try to create, you know, 707 opportunities for us in the summer. Um, you know, throughout June we had 707 uh, games every Tuesday, you know, with other high schools around the uh, around the area. And then I also try to take our guys to uh, some of the seven-on-seven camps uh, that's around the area as far as being hosted by colleges so they can get on campus, they can see the campus, and then also may uh, just get evaluated by the coaches that's there. Okay. Uh, did we pick up Coach Bowling again? Yeah, I'm sorry about that. I was talking. I had my phone on mute. Okay. But to, uh, to, need... to answer that, you know, Go. that you're talking about, seven on seven, um, I don't, I don't, I'm not really a huge fan of the game. I mean, it is great for your receivers and the quarterbacks to get timing together and stuff like that, try to build that chemistry. But, um, you know, without the line and the pass rush, it's really not, you know, the game that we're seeing on Fridays and Saturdays. Um, but, you know, work is work. You know, kids are getting work. I'm all for that. Uh, what we try to do is we try to get our team together throughout the spring if they can, you know, uh, not officially being the Eastern Vikings. They'll be, uh, you know, another entity, but they might have a Viking symbol on their jerseys, and they'll practice together throughout the winter and spring in uh, multiple tournaments. But once we're officially able, because we don't have spring ball in New Jersey either, once they're officially able to get together in uh, June after the last media champions of the uh, track spring season, we'll try to get ourselves an Adam Talaferro 707 at Eastern. We'll do 707 once a week um, throughout the month of July against four different teams. Um, and then we'll do another, like, big one down in Ocean City at the beach uh, with some other competitive teams. So, you know, at least the kids are still getting their fix with the 707. But throughout the week, we're in uppers, we're banging, we're doing things, we're, we're, we're trying to, 
you know, play the game as it is with, with pads and a line and pressure and, you know, things that, uh, you know, happen in real games. But, um, you know, they are getting the 707 work together. Um, it's just not, I guess, as amplified as some, some other states that do it more often. Okay, guys, uh, for Princess Cooper, Never Hated So Good Radio, and Tim Moore and myself, I want to thank uh, Coach Bowden, Bowling, uh, Coach Deck, Coach Gray, uh, Coach Bagley, and Coach Wilson for being uh, part of uh, Recruiting Perspective. And uh, I want to say good night, guys, and thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Appreciate it.